So, we're out of the teens. And we're into... The 20s. This is Weekly Download. Episode number 20. With myself, Tarun Gangwani, and... Chris Robbins. And we've got a pretty full show, as usual. We appreciate everybody listening to us and uh, getting us to this number. We're really excited, and we hope to do 20 more. More than 20, but, you know... A few more. Yeah. Still got a little bit left in us, right? Right. So, top download for this week, I would say, is the Apple App Store app allowing for self-checkout in the retail stores. Right, trying to speed the process up, make things move a little differently. So, I, do you know the story? Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot about it today, been a little bit busy, but I mean, I've seen the rumors coming up, so why don't you... You're very lame. Okay. I know. Story goes, is that the iOS app, so they've had an Apple Store app for, I'd a say, while. A, a little while now. But now the idea is you can go to the store, scan the product, read about it, and get directly to the place. And then it'll ask you if you want to buy it right there. So then you type in your Apple ID, which is great, by the way. Now everyone who has an iTunes Store account or an App Store account or whatever account, it's all linked together. Right. Seamless transaction. But then the weird part about it is, is that you can personally pick it up and walk right out of the store. Yeah, I, I read that that was in the rumor mill that was what was going to be what happened. So basically, if um, you know, I want you know, another case for my MacBook Air, I go to the Apple store, I scan it, I like it, I buy it, and I walk out. That's it. So to me, this seems like a really good opportunity to make that person at the front of the store really useful. Yeah, the guy who smiles and says, hey, welcome to the Apple yeah. store. And then that's all you hear Can from Can I direct ever? you to somewhere? And then you're like, yeah. And then there's like everybody busy and they're like, okay, we'll just stay here and uh, we'll get you checked in. I think the Apple store is baloney. They're interesting. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. Everybody thinks it's the greatest thing ever, but hey, I'm going to be critical about it for a second. Every time I go to the Apple store and my Apple store is Carmel, Indiana, love the managers there. No problem. But awesome. it's just, yeah. it's just, it's so slammed. Every time. I think that says something about them, though. It says that they need to figure out a better way to do it. And if this is the better way, that's great. But how are you going to quality well, control purchases? Right. And, and the funny part is, last year, they, they I mean, I know with the Carmel store and several other stores, they expanded them. They changed the way they are. And they're still slammed all the time. Right. I mean, I, I think it's definitely something that needs to be considered. Um, I think it will be very weird for a lot of people, myself included, to just walk into a store and never talk to anyone, potentially buy something and leave. Exactly. Didn't you open the Apple Store to make it so you have a personalized shopping experience from start to finish? Right. What is this doing? I, I wonder how much Steve Jobs was involved in this decision. I mean, it seems like more of a Tim Cookian kind of thing, right? Right. Right. Just we get could be wrong out yeah. the door. Right. I mean, I'm sure it's it's a natural evolution, right? Being able to scan and pay for your own thing, especially with the way iPhones can do that and how easy that is. But let's remember, only if I remember correctly, iPhone 4 and iPhone 4S. Is that right? Despite the fact that... Listen to you. Oh, look at this. Yeah, I didn't even I haven't even read the article yet. Okay, yeah. It's only for iPhone 4 and 4S. Because the, the 3G and the yeah. 3GS and the 3G just don't have a sufficient camera. barcode reader. I don't know. It's probably the camera. I guess. Can't read the barcodes properly. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. My Palm well, Centro years totally, ago could do that. Well, I think this totally puts a wrench in their original model. I mean, the idea was to come to like a living room style shopping experience. Right, be able to test product. I mean, well, when you watch, if you've ever seen that introductory video Steve Jobs did for the Apple Store when he was from the, the keynote where they right. released the Apple Stores, he said it was something where they were just going to be able to test products be able to feel the, the products before you buy them. So I guess you can still do that. But you're not going to get like that 
Well, maybe you can. Like, maybe on the phone it would be like you can say call attendant. Right. And it's like location based and stuff. Yeah, I doubt if it. That's but not maybe. there. That should be. Well, I doubt it's there. You hire me. <laughs> you should. They, yeah. There you go. Okay. Well. All right. And uh, our next topic. Oh, and I'll just say that Dan Farmer expresses our similar um, problems here. So is it going to be an honor system or like a Vegas casino style security system? I mean, I see. I, I feel like it's going to be the honor system. It's already system. there. Yeah. Well, I think the Vegas style is already there. Look at the Fifth Avenue store. There's got to be cameras all over right. the place. Have you been to the Fifth Avenue store? No. Nope. Beautiful store. You have? I've been there. And I've been there twice. Except Wait, after the renew? No, renew? I have. I was going to say, that happened last week. I was in the middle of the remodel process. I came in the middle of the remodel process this summer, and I've been to the store in the old model. Hmm. It was, yeah, it's a nice store. I've looked oh. at it from afar. We've talked about design too many times, so okay. I'm not going to go into the design of that. Okie dokie. Yeah. Next up. Well, actually, I have one more question oh, okay. about it. So... You seem to know a little bit about the article. So you said it's a link to the iTunes account. Mm-hmm. Can you use your iTunes store credit? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what, what I wanted to know. Said, so awesome. I yeah. think that's really cool. Me too. Barnes & Noble Noobles, launched the Nook tablet. And a lot like the Nook color, yeah, but a different the color. color <laughs> a different color, yeah. Beefed up processor. It does a lot. You linked to this, didn't you? I did, yeah. So what's the story? It's just beefed up processor, more RAM. Uh, different applications, same OS. Like the, I mean, it's still Android. They've just customized it out a little bit more, given it more video capability. It's got more process. It's got more RAM and more uh, hard drive space than the uh, than the Amazon Kindle Fire. That's why they chucked it up fifty dollars more. Personally, I don't see the need for it. Like the Nook Color was about the same thing. Mm, it runs gingerbread. Right. But I believe there was an update coming for the Nook Color as well. Oh, I see. Yeah. So why pick the Nook over the Fire? Double the storage, further expandable, better display, more RAM, free in-device support. Right, oh, right, yeah, that's know. that's a big deal. I don't know if you read about that or saw that, that the, uh, uh, yeah. they're having Nook crannies, as I like to call them, in the little Barnes & Noble stores. Oh. Nook crannies? <laughs> oh, my God. Did you just make that up? Uh, yeah, I did, yes. Wow. My jokes are not too good this afternoon. I mean, what if they called it then? <laughs> they should. No, they really shouldn't. Oh. They should not hire you. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, well, I'm not going to buy either of them. Next. <laughs> if you do have a Kindle, then you can check out books. I think this is great. So, it's now an ebook lender. So, if you have an Amazon Prime account. Oh, yeah, one of the paid accounts. And you have a Kindle, which. You know, it's not bad. I mean, it's for the price to get an Amazon Prime account. No, it's reasonable. You can check out books. And the idea is you can check out one book at a time for 30 days tops. But I guess you can renew it or something. And um, they only have about 5,000 books on the service. But I thought I said there were some that were on the New York Times bestseller list. Not a lot, but I thought I said some. 100. Yeah. But... None of the major publishers have signed on. Well, why would they? Why wouldn't they? I mean, how uh, Amazon's going to pay them a little bit, I'm sure, but See, they can continue the... getting ten bucks a book out of the. Uh... Well, but you know, it's kind of it kind of goes back to the freemium model, right? Like, the fact of the matter is, is that books aren't selling amazing, like physical books. Right. So the only books that are really selling, like. Lately, the ones that have really exponentially grown are the digital kind. Mm-hmm. And when you have a digital kind and you have the biggest store ever, 
and you decide to lend books to just give people to try it out. And then the Amazon Prime, you know, money that can they can be giving a cut to people. Yeah, I right? mean, I'm sure they're getting a cut, obviously. So, but I think that Barnes and Noble probably has has the right idea with the being able to be in the store. I mean, I guess they have that advantage that they have stores, and you if you're in the store, you can read the books while you're in the store on yeah. the Barnes and Noble Wi-Fi network. Yeah, you can read any book. I believe it's any book in the Nook store. Yeah, for really? up to like an hour. So you get a little like preview of the book, and you've got an hour to I read. Didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Just no, no, that makes the Nook seem like a really great. I, I like the Nook, except in the uh, press conference that Barnes and Noble had, they were you know lowered the price of their Nook Touch to ninety nine dollars to rival the, the Kindle, and they said no annoying ads. But honestly, those ads are a good deal. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, I like I like the ads in the sense that. Okay, you here get, he goes telling a story yeah, about my MacBook Air. He's just jealous that I got it for like a fraction of the price of him. Tell him what you found. What the, was it? Oh yeah, I ended up getting the MacBook Air for about eight hundred dollars after uh, rebates, promotions, and uh, the Kindle with special offers. So is that what really is missing from the Barnes and Nobles Nook tablet? Well, I think thing? that their argument is that you don't people don't want annoying ads. Hmm. Yeah, I personally again like them, but. Yeah, to each his own. Not going to buy that thing either. I'm not buying either one of them okay. anytime soon again. Um, next up, <coughs> striking it rich in the App Store. For right, this was actually a really interesting concept that's been talked about for a while, and I think it's cool that we're going back to it. And, and the reason that this is coming up is because now the App Store is mature, right? 100,000 apps. Right. You're, you're in a sea of apps, and... This goes back to the, you know, rich gets richer, and if you're poor, you're really poor, right? Right. So, how do you make money in the App Store? Like, what are the secrets? So, this article outlines a few of them. For example, basically, you have to you market have to get to the, yeah. a lot. You, If you can market like crazy and get into that top 50... That's everything I've ever read says if you're in the top 50, you make an insane amount of money. Otherwise, you make nothing, but essentially. The argument here is, but that's not a business model. It's like rolling dice at a casino. No, it really is. I mean, you can't base your business off, I'm going to try to get to the top 50 of iTunes. Well, so what are people doing then to get up there? I mean, let's look at the, the, top, the top apps right now. On the iTunes store includes Angry Birds, which they have a marketing blitz. But think when they first got popular. Like, what was the deal? Did they market at all? I don't... I think it was just a really fun game. Yeah. I think they may have gotten, like, new and noteworthy or something, and then people realized how fun it was, and then they marketed it even And new and noteworthy, I think, is that one opportunity where you're going to make a little bit of money for a little while and then drop off, I'm sure. What else? Camera Plus crafted some social networking all of these are games except for like two right yeah what i find entertaining is that occasionally they've got those easter egg apps that'll do something that that the oh yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah, sites oh, will get yeah. a hold of and handy then light yeah handy light and then they're in the top 25 for like a day then they're handy pulled light <laughs> is my savior yes I am so glad apple has not decided to pull the whole we can delete apps from your phone they never anytime. have yeah i don't think they ever will just be too controversial. I know. Yeah, I think Google did it though with with some app that legitimately caused problems though. Right. Hence their. And then they did pull the get rich one too. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, going back to this, I just think that 
It's it's true. I mean, that the new noteworthy thing certainly helps, but it goes back to content. Like, right, we're sitting here doing our 20th podcast. People are listening, and that's what we're doing. I don't think we necessarily, I mean, we're going to market it a little bit, and we'd be excited if we got into that, broke that 120, but we've got a long way to go. Right. The people who are in that top tier of 120 have sponsored, like, they're brand names, right? We're starting from scratch here. And the same goes true for some, uh, you know, rags to riches success story in the app store. If you're not part of a brand or a network, then you're not going to be up there. Not, Not initially. And I mean, the chances are slim. You're right. But what you can do is really focus on your content and really get a core of whatever your game or whatever it, it's going it, to be. Yeah, just like any business. If you focus on one small thing first, understand that small mark you're going after and just keep pushing ahead. You're, you're bound to get something. Right. So... I mean, and and, out, and if you out there are wondering how you can get in on this money thing, you know, there are great resources to learn, you know, the iOS model, Xcode and Dashcode. Right. right now, there was a new app uh, called Treehouse. Have you heard of this? I haven't. So Treehouse an- announced their relaunch. They used to be, I can't remember the name of their um, old site, but they just have free lessons for different things like so it's kind of like w3 schools see if i can find it yeah it's like w3 schools but with video tutorials and like really nice quality stuff oh nice so it's like a free linda yeah i can't find it but um i can't remember the name i thought it would just be treehouse.com but it's not but anyway so that's one resource and then of course if you're an apple developer you have access to all the videos and all the sessions and then finally uh you know i've heard on many of the podcasts people talking about source bits have you heard of that? I haven't heard of that one. So SourceBits is just a group of people that if you have an idea, go to SourceBits and they'll develop it. Boom. Oh, I've seen sites like that. But you have to give them a significant cut. Oh. So it depends on what your goal is. If you want to make that first app just to get your name out there and then make another one to use that as to market it, right. then hey, maybe you want to do SourceBits. But if you're really wanting to go gung-ho, make this full-time, take the time to learn it. Right. Know? And I mean, SourceBits doesn't sound like the best option if you want to build something because you're not going to build it. One way people are making money in the App Store very successfully, for example, with Zynga, is virtual goods. The right. selling of virtual goods is actually the primary source of money for Zynga. And didn't think we about talk that about this a couple of episodes ago? I think we've talked about this a couple of times before, but I think it's worth noting just because Zynga's about to go IPO. Right. And the primary base of money is either through advertising to other people or selling these virtual goods. So, for example, Zynga, with its app, the flagship app, Farmville, you can buy, like, tools and crops. Using in-app purchases. Using in-app purchases, which they get 70% of the cut for. Right. And that's how they're making a valuation of roughly $8 billion. Is this sustainable? No, see, and I was recently listening to a listening to someone talk, and we were listening about this very thing. All these companies that are having these IPOs and who have these models that are getting $8 billion, $10 billion, $12 billion. The next big thing is right around the corner, and these aren't even like tangible products. These are just services. So just like that, something else comes out, and your $8 billion companies were zero. Right. So, I mean, how can this be sustained? I mean, it goes, but do you buy this argument when it comes to it's like buying a $2,000 Prada handbag? See, I don't think so. Like, and it doesn't I, I, make sense to me because 
the Prada handbag, you have it. Right, and that's my point. It's tangible. <laughs> like, no matter what, it's still going to be worth something. I'm not really sure how to explain that in any other way other than, like, you know, very epistemologically, you own this bag. Right. And you can give it to somebody else. It's physical. It's right there. And you can sell that bag and likely get something back for it. But, I mean, it does bring up an interesting philosophical thing about, like, and this is my P putting on this hat for a second. When you have real money, like a dollar bill, who sets the value of that dollar bill? Well, it's the Fed, really. Right. It's just some person. Right. So, in the same way Zynga has said... That a crop is worth X amount, 20 coins, which is whatever. I don't play Farmville, but they basically set an economy, they created an economy from scratch, and this is what it was brought out to be. But here's the thing like, no matter what, in the case of Farmville, you're losing, meaning, you are you though? You don't get, you don't get money back, like, well, but, but you're gaining prestige, you're furthering in the game, you are. I mean, that's what it's all about in real life. You get money to provide for your kids or whatever. Well, and Right, Zynga, but you're not getting any money in Zynga, I mean. Well, you're getting crops, which will provide for your kids. And you are getting money when you sell those crops, the virtual money. Right, but you can't cash that virtual money in See, for real that, money. And that, to <laughs> me, is the big difference. Right? And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. with Second Life and whatever, those are being traded. Linden dollars are actually worth real money. Really? Very, very pitiful amounts of money i think i can go to the linden dollar exchange have you ever played second life i haven't um so right now oh come on we might not be able to make it have to sign in yeah we had to no i'm sure there i'm sure it's somewhere here right now the linden dollar two hundred and fifty five Point and that's against the U.S. dollar, I'm assuming. Right. So for one Linden dollar, you can get two fifty-five. No, two hundred fifty-five fifty-three Linden dollars is one U.S. dollar. Oh. I would assume. Wait. Really? I, well, anyway. I, huh. I so couldn't imagine that one dollar would or two hundred fifty-five. It's really expensive. I guess. But anyway, so. Apparently, you can exchange money in this virtual economy. In and the that same one way, I kind of agree a little bit more with, then. Why? I mean, at least you get something back that you can use in the real world. But the real world, what Zynga gives back to you is um, the success and excitement of growing a farm. But it's not a real farm. I'm trying to figure out if... if I mean, this is crazy that I'm having to look this up, but I think it is. Okay, yeah. 265 per one US dollar. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. You're Okay. I'm just saying. It could have been ridiculous, but it's not. Okay. But hey, you know, and then in the same way in Zynga, right? Someone could make money off of that. Well, like someone could make their experience a lot better if they grew the, you know, crops themselves. I'm just not buying this one. I don't know. Anyway. It's not I, like, well, here's the thing. It's not like from playing Farmville, I'm ever going to get real farming experience. I can't go out and be like, well, now I know a lot about farming. And I can't say, But you well, do know a lot about manipulation of people. That I maybe will buy a little okay, bit. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There is some intrinsic value, but, and, and maybe this is the real point. Like, I may have missed this point, and, and I wasn't thinking about it, but, well, but here's a point that I made. Like, Prada's advertising ends when you buy the purse. Whereas when you're in Zynga and you're 
The advertising never ends because you're never ends. Ends. Well, you are. Right. You are their advertising, essentially. Right. Yeah. So whatever you decide to buy, Zynga can make money off of you doing that. Whereas with buying a Prada handbag, once you buy it, it's it's over. You either like, like it and you, you want to buy it. Well, you either like it or you buy it more and you're not. Right. And like Prada is not going to be able to. Well, they, they can market to you, but not in such a direct way. Like they have to go with more traditional routes of warranties, things like you know, you, promotions that they've had for years and years yeah. and years. There's plenty of discussion we could have about games and economies. And right. Actually, I know a guy we can invite about that. Let me just put that on the side. Come back to that later. Last thing to talk about, at least this is the last thing I got, unless you've got something, is... Um... <laughs> I like, by the way, how you just said we were shelving games. So... Oh yeah, are you are you a modern warfare player? I told you I don't play games at all. Yeah, we don't have time for this. <laughs> Too old. So, guess who the biggest influence on the video game industry is? Are you gonna say like a game or like a person? A uh, person, console, whatever. I assume the platform. How about the warfare? platform? The modern warfare platform. I'm assuming. No, turns out it's the Apple and the iPhone. And what a coincidence. The only games I play are occasionally on the iPhone. How about that? The top five products included the iPhone, the Wii console, Xbox Live, the original PlayStation. (laughs) How does that even happen? Really? Well, the biggest influence. That's the key. I guess it's fair. And Steam. So these are the people who, like, rocked the world when they came out. And Apple's iPhone is number one. Not even... And and by the the way, dwarfs... Dwarfs the Wii by uh, whopping ten percent over on the whole, and then the second is percentage of the top five votes. So Apple got fifty three percent of the top five votes. Wow! Nintendo got twenty two. <laughs> so, if there was ever yet another argument for how messed up Miyamoto's strategy is for Nintendo, here you go. And this is something we'll celebrate the big episode twenty by saying on about episode two. We called this one. Yep. And. Well, I think everybody did. I yeah. think a lot of people. Well, apparently not Nintendo because they're still banging their heads against a wall well, trying to. Here's the thing. When you start putting things on the app store, you are cheapening your brand. I think that's the argument here is that the app store is for cheap stuff. And if you price your thing like a console game, then you're entering a new stratosphere of pricing. And that's why a lot of companies haven't done this. Like, why is there no Halo? Right. Well, okay. I think Bungie is owned by Microsoft. and Well, but, but you know, Microsoft has other games on there. There's some older Microsoft games. Oh, there, there. are some on there. Well, I think the, uh, oh, man, what's that LucasArts game? Which is... Star Wars? No. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe they're not. I don't uh, think so. Peggle? Wasn't Peggle from a game that was from Microsoft once? I think you're stretching here. So then wait. So you're... Okay. So Bungie Games. Well, there are plenty of ports, though. I mean, but there's not the Halo, though. Right. Yeah. There's Sonic, but Sega is kind of like, we don't give... You know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so so that's the thing. But I mean, like, EA is a top developer, and they have all their games Yeah, the but they're store. not bound to a console, right? They right. are cross-platform. I guess They don't fair. care. They... In their mind, it's like, hey... Okay, bring in the money. Yeah, but they're... Money. Yeah. But... When you look at like something like Nintendo and the brand, you can only get on on Nintendo. Right. To put it on the App Store, you've totally you know cheapened your brand and I your product. I guess I think that Apple would disagree. 
I think that Apple would say it's just a, the well, reason see, it's cheaper is because of a digital I mean, distribution it's, it's, model. It's putting a curtain over your eyes. It's like kind of like ignoring the bigger problem. Right. I mean, instead of looking at the platform that does work, you make your own platform, which doesn't work at all, namely the 3DS. <laughs> and we all know how that's working out. We all know out. how that's working out. We all know how bad that's working out that is. So you could try the Apple app store, but then you run the risk of... Well, once you start, you can't stop either. ...of Mario as a $10 app, maybe even 5 Right. Right. Well, and there's been that argument several times. I don't know if I've ever linked it or if you've ever linked either, because I don't. I don't even know if this site was in existence when I read this article <laughs> about the link, uh, the race to the bottom. A lot of times in the app store. No, I'm sure. I, well, but that's like a common. That's common. Yeah, knowledge, it's a right? common knowledge. Yeah. Like everybody wants to race to the bottom. So. So I, in that sense, I could see where where they're getting. But the does branch Nintendo cheap. have to? Right, and that, that's what I was going to say. Like often, EA doesn't race to the bottom. Well, sometimes they do. They have those fire sales where every app is ninety nine cents, but then they quickly go back. Every in. EA app on the app store is under ten bucks. It's usually nine ninety nine for every one of them, I think. But, but see, that's the thing. Can Nintendo do that? Should well, Nintendo do that? Because well, we've talked about it before about how uh, you know Nintendo should. But thinking about it in their shoes, what's the problem with this? Well, I mean, if they're going to digitally dis- di- uh, distribute it, they don't have to worry about packaging it, manufacturing it, shipping it. Why do you think Lion is thirty dollars versus one hundred and twenty nine ninety nine? So those are advantages. What are the problems? Uh, Just a brand thing. I, to I mean, me, I really can't think of anything. I mean, maybe they're well, if be, they wanna, oh here if you they want to sell their own hardware, they're losing go. out on that hardware. Fast, yeah, that is one another one with the hardware. But I'm thinking fast development cycles. Like you have to develop a lot faster on the on these platforms on the iOS platform. Yeah, absolutely than on a console where you have a set regiment of releases like it's common today that a console is released for four or five years right and i think this is one of the spots where the apple model clearly also works with the console models in the sense that when you control your own hardware and software you control the game so nintendo doesn't have to worry about when ios 6 comes out their nintendo app might not work because something's changed in the Mm -hmm. sdk when Nintendo develops a new Wii or a new whatever, they know for sure, hey, my products are going to work because I can make them cross-compatible. So I, I don't know. My take on the matter. Mm. Anything else? Uh, I was hoping to hear something about HP, but I don't, I don't think they've made a decision yet. Right. Big news. I'm sure we'll, we'll link to something in the morning. I'm thinking it's uh, not spinning off. Uh, so you don't think they're going to try to sell it? You don't think they're going to... No. No, I don't think so at all. I See, think I think Meg Whitman is uh, the immediate future. So their immediate future is to keep things going. So you think, think WebOS will live on? I think WebOS will, is definitely some intellectual property that shouldn't go away. It shouldn't go to waste. Like, if I were sitting in the board right now, I would make a heavy-handed argument for making it so that WebOS had a future somewhere either in an HP product or somewhere, but HP should control a lot of the property of that. See, I think that they're either going to sell it off or they're just going to kill it. Well, let's hope not. I hope I not. Know. I mean, I did as a... I have a Palm developer account, so I've attempted to get another $150, 32-gigabyte tablet because they're giving them away for $150. Is that right? Yeah, again, I can get two if you'd like one. Hmm. You Perhaps we'll talk about that on another... <laughs> right. So with that, this concludes episode number 20 of Weekly Download. Uh, You know, for 20 shows, we've gone unsponsored 
Um, but, but I got a feeling. Yep. Next show. Somebody could be lined up. It's true. Could be you. If you'd like to be a sponsor, check out the sponsorship links on Weekly Download or email us, contact at weeklydownload.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until episode number 21. See you later.